this. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. I just love that. In fact, I put it in bold in my notes. Because I love the way that that starts out. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, speaking of Christ, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and he was taken up in glory. That's powerful. Let me read it again so you can get the power of it. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. Great indeed is the mystery of godliness. Christ is the Son of God and the Son of a carpenter. He is both God, you can fill in the blanks if you're following along, He is both God and man, grace and sword. I need you to get it. Christ is both the Son of God and the Son of a carpenter, Son of man. He's both God and man. He was both and is both grace and a sword. And in that, He came with humanity to show us how to be the best version of us or the version of us He sent us to be. Everybody say this. Say, He sent me. (laughs) Okay, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It needs to have importance and emphasis. Say it this way. Say, I was sent by the Father. You didn't just get here. You've heard me say this before in times past, but none of us just got here. You might say, well, you don't know how I came into this and it came into being. I don't care. Because what I know is, no matter how you came, He sent you. You might say, well, you don't know. Listen, I'll speak from my own experience. I won't give any details, but I'll tell you, if I looked at my own life and how I came into the world, I would say, you missed your moment to really be God and fix that moment that happened that brought me into the earth. If I ever said that to the Father, you know what he would say to me? No, you missed your moment to be quiet and listen to me. You missed your moment to get over yourself. You missed your moment. Just because you weren't planned and just because you were a a mistake in the moment to mankind, you were not a mistake to me. You were coming. Or you were going. Because I was sending you. Now get over yourself. And let me do in you what I sent you to do. Can somebody say amen? He said, Christ the Son of God... And the son of the carpenter, he was God and man, grace and sword. He came with humanity to show us the way. In humanity, according to Webster, says this. This is the definition. It is, I read it last week. It is compassionate, sympathetic, or generous behavior or disposition. 
It is the quality or state of being humane. I think that's such a cool statement. I like how Webster says this because the quality or state of being humane. Now, the challenge with that is, depending on which Fox News channel or MSNBC or CNN, you would define humanity very different. The quality or state of being humane would be defined very differently on their broadcast if you watch one of them. But they don't get to define it. I just messed up some of y'all's world already. Because your whole world wraps around getting to MSNBC or Fox News or CNN so they can tell you who you're supposed to be today. Or what you're supposed to accept today. Or what you should tolerate. Or what you should approve of. Because somehow they become, they are the God of TV in most people's lives. Somebody needs to hear what I'm saying right now. But I'm going to tell you, when you get to the point where MSNBC, Fox News, CNN, and whatever the other ones are, when you get to the point where they don't have any words that can really change your life and you really understand that, they don't get to decide for you what you believe, what you approve of, what you disapprove of, where you're going, what the condition of your economic situation is going to be. They don't get to decide who gets to rule over you and who doesn't. They don't get to decide that at the end of the day, that's up to the Father. It is the quality, humanity, humanity is the quality or state of being humane, not defined by what others tell me, but defined by what the Father says. And I am a son, or I am a daughter. You need to track with me today. And he did not, I did not get up one day and say to him, say, God, I'm tired of waiting on you. I'm going. I'm going to the earth. No, that never happened. The father said, wake up, seed of Steve Parker. Wake up, seed of Steve Parker. I got a job for you. And I'm sending you. Though it might be unconventional. Though it might be in question. Though it might be misunderstood. Though it might cause controversy, though it might cause conflict, I've got an assignment for you. And the time has come for me to send you. And when in your sending, I want you to demonstrate compassion and sympathy and generous behavior. And I'm going to say again what I said last week. If these qualities that I just mentioned are not present, it could be argued that we are not human at all. Let me peer into the innermost part of me. And when I look in there, do I see compassion? Compassion for those who have not yet arrived at the place that they know who they are do I have compassion for them let me peer inwardly and let me ask do I have sympathy does it matter to me what others are going through let me peer inwardly and let me ask myself am I of a generous mind is there something in me beyond being generous with money am I generous with who I am 
Am I willing to give of myself? Let me look inside of me and find out if I am those things, if any of those are there. And if they are not present, then let me ask myself, where is my humanity? If I cannot have compassion and I cannot have sympathy and I cannot be generous with who I am and what He sent me to be and who he, what He sent me to do, where is my humanity? And the father said, son, talking to Christ, some folks have lost their way. In fact, there's a lot of folks that we sent. We sent on assignment and they've lost their way. Too many have no idea what it means to be compassionate. Too many have no idea what it means to have sympathy. Too many have no idea what it means to be generous. Son, I'm sending you. Because when all of those things were lost, hear what I'm about to say, sin entered. See, when Adam and Eve lost compassion for the purpose of God, when they were not sympathetic to His design, and then when they discontinued to be generous with themselves to His purpose, they ate of the fruit. If they were compassionate of His design, if they were compassionate of His purpose, if they were sympathetic toward His design for mankind, they would have walked up to that tree and they would have looked at that tree and they would have said, His design, His purpose, His passion matters more than this. And when I lose sight of His design, when I lose sight of His reason, of His blueprint, of His purpose for me. When I lose sight of that, the doors sling open wide. Sin, enter thou in. Does anybody... But when I am compassionate about the blueprint, the design and sympathetic about the purpose the intention that he has for me when I'm generous about fulfilling his will and not my own suddenly I hear this pow pow and it's the doors slamming shut that moments before were so wide open let's shut some doors Can we shut some doors this morning? What lessons of humanity could we possibly learn from Christ who was God? How in the world can we learn anything about humanity from someone who came from God and was God, is God, and dwelt among us? How can he teach us anything about what it means to be human?
One thing he taught us is how to wash some feet. You know, when I was a kid, and my dad, you know, they were part of this church that, man, they were always washing. I mean, those folks had some dirty feet because they were always doing foot washings. And I, you've heard me tell some of this before, so I, I won't tell it all, but I've got some funny stories, but I'll, I'll just leave them all out, and I'll just give you the quick, quick version. But I remember them, and they would go, and they would do this, and they would be carrying a bucket, and I mean, everybody would come to church, and they'd have these little buckets, and they'd have little towels, and they'd have, I never understood it, and I was just, I thought, man, there's no way, I mean, I'm the guy that would just come in barefooted from playing baseball, so my feet are nasty, and, and um, but they're, they're all in there, and they're all just lined up, and, everything. and the kids are just back there looking, I and mean, we actually didn't wash each other's feet, we didn't really get it, and, I'm, and I didn't even get why they were doing it, but I'd watch them, and I thought, I am never washing anybody's feet. I, I don't know about you. I'm not a foot person. And I just tell you, I, this is a true statement I'm about to make. My wife and I have been married. We'll be 30 years in a month and a half. 30 years. I have never touched her feet. Is that not a true story? That is a true story. I have never touched her feet. In fact, I'm now a grandfather. I'm now a grandfather. And I said to my grandbaby, who is about to be six months old, I said to her, though she cannot understand, I said to her recently, I think it was just last week, I said to her, I was kissing her little toes because they've never touched the ground. (laughs) I said, the moment you begin walking, though she cannot understand, the moment you begin walking, I'll never touch those feet again. (laughs) Suddenly they become off limits. Maybe that's why Christ did this thing about washing feet. He's trying to make holy (laughs) what is unclean. (laughs) But I've never been a foot person. I've never been a foot person of any sort. I've never been a foot washing person except for my own. I do wash my own feet. I touch my own feet. I just touched them this morning right before I shook your hand. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But then when I... Later in life, I gave my heart to the Lord. I received him, and I, I mean, full force went in, and he called me to ministry. It, something never changed. I just never had this thought in my mind was never, I'm, I just can't wait till I get to wash these feet. <laughs> so every time, whatever church I happened to be in at the time, if they had a foot washing, I was conveniently not feeling well that night. <laughs> so they would schedule foot washing Sunday night. No, no, bring your bucket, bring your cloth. And I would be like, I'm watching Silverado. <laughs> I just wouldn't go. I wouldn't have anything to do with it because I, I, I'm telling you, when it comes to feet, I don't want to see your feet. If you have an issue with your feet, I'll lay hands on your head and let the anointing go down. <laughs> but I'll never, I, I'm not, I don't touch feet. And then some years ago, and, and most of you knew this about me, and I got to get through this story, I, I really do. But some years ago, about eight years ago in 2013, we went through a season in this house and And Holy Spirit kept telling me for a while, he kept literally saying to me, Steve, the time has come. And every time I would hear him say that in my spirit, all I could see was people's feet. This is true. This is true. And I don't know how long this went on, but he just, Steve, the time has come. The time has come. And I would see feet and I would see feet. And I was like, what what time has come? Whose feet are these? And then I began to see, I don't mean this to be weird, but I'd see your feet. Those of you that were with us at the time, I would see this person's feet. I'd see Tim Darnell's feet, and they're nasty. No, I'm just kidding. I'd see this person's feet, and I'd never seen their feet, but I'd see feet. 
And I knew what he was telling me was, Steve, I want you to wash the feet of every single person at the rock. I wanted to quit the church. <laughs> In my world, <laughs> foot washing doesn't happen. I'm out. I'm out. You, you lost me at foot washing. No, I never thought I'm going to quit the church. I did think I needed to be sick. No, I didn't. But I sucked it up. And I said, Father, if you are asking me to do this, I can tell you, it is harder for me to walk. It would be easier for me to fast 40 days and 40 nights than it is to wash somebody's feet. It's true. It's true. If given the op- if he'd have said, do this one or that one, I'd have fasted. However long he told me to. Because I just, I think I've made my point. I don't like feet. They're nasty. Y'all are probably thinking, man, what kind of feet do you have? You think? <laughs> and I came in on this particular Sunday. Some of you were here then, some of you are not. But I came in on that particular Sunday, and, and I had the presbytery get a bucket, and, and I washed the feet of, it, it took us almost, it was almost three hours. I washed the feet of every single person in this house and cried doing it. Wept, not because I was washing your feet. But because I was so moved by the miracle of God to grace me to do on that day what I thought was absolutely impossible. And then it was just a few weeks ago, not too many weeks ago, my wife and I were invited to the council meeting here and we, had, we didn't really know what was going on. They didn't tell us what was going on. But we were invited to the meeting and we get here and they said, we need you to take off. And I don't like, I don't like my feet washed. See this whole thing about little, little what do you call it, a pedicure? What do they do when they wash your feet? And the pedicure thing? That'll never happen in my life. It'll never happen in my life. Yeah, I mean, I, it's my wife's birthday today. Everybody say happy birthday. But I can, I can tell you, on her birthday, I will not wash her feet or rub her feet. I will not massage her feet. And I will not go with her to let somebody do that to my feet. And what... <laughs> But I knew it was right, and we came in here, and they asked us to take your shoes off and your socks off, and, and it's very, for me, probably the most humbling thing you could ask me to do is put my feet in there. Now, somebody might say, you don't know how humbling it is for us. And that's true, but I let them wash my feet. So I want to talk about this point today. When Christ came with humanity, and in, the, in that humanity, he taught us how to do something, and that is to, how to wash some feet. Everybody say, he taught us. How to wash some feet. In John chapter 13, verses, beginning with verse 13, it reads like this. It says, You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Say it again. Say this with me, for I have given you an example that you also should do just as I've done to you. When I consider what he says here, he says, you call me teacher and you call me Lord and you're right, that's what I am. But I'm more than that. I'm more than that. 
If I'm your Lord and your teacher and I've washed your feet, then I want you to do that too. I want to show you something. I'm your Lord and I'm your teacher, but I want to show you too that I know how to understand human nature. And I'm going to do something. I wash feet not because I like washing feet. I do not believe on any given day there's a single human being on the entire planet today or ever has been that could get up on any given morning and say, I can't wait, I have to wash someone's feet today. I would find that hard to believe, even if you raised your hand, so don't. And I certainly don't believe that Christ would be excited about, unless it's a little baby, washing somebody's feet. And yet he said, in the way I have done, I've shown you an example. I want you to do the same thing. He brought us something in his humanity. And in a moment, we're going to get to a piece of humanity that's going to cause you to raise an eyebrow, one or two, however you can do it. But it's going to cause you to raise an eyebrow or two and see something that you haven't seen before. Because when he, came, when he comes with humanity, and, and, and I, I use the term he came with, but he actually comes with every day. He shows us every day how to get in touch with who we're supposed to be. Every day. So when he came with and comes with humanity and he shows us, he said, I want to show you how to wash some feet. I want to show you how to get outside of yourself. I want to show you how to, how to look beyond what you think is okay and not okay. You might think, man, there's no way I would ever do that. But he said, I want to show you that when I come to you, this compassion and sympathy and generosity I'm trying to teach you about, is demonstrated in so many incredible ways. I just want to show you washing feet is a really down-to-the-earth, no pun intended, way, example of showing you how to get into this thing and demonstrate that it's more than just, it's more than, it's not just about you. So I ask a question following this. It says, can I be of Christ... When I doubt Christ, this might seem disconnected. I'm going to put this together in relationship to washing feet. Is it possible that I can be of Christ when I doubt Christ? Now, we wash feet because there are needs. We understand that. We wash feet because there are needs. Scripturally, they washed feet. That was their custom. They'd go into a home. They would wash each other's feet. That was a custom. I'm thankful we have tubs and showers. We serve Christ because He is Christ, no matter how great or little our faith might be in the moment. When I washed the feet of the people that were in this house, it took a lot of faith for me to believe that that was God. Because I had to get past this. Am I just feeling like I need to do that because it's something I really don't want to do a lot or at all? I mean, there's a lot in me that doesn't want to have anything to do with this. So I'm, is there this sense of, in me that is this just Steve? Is this just the enemy trying to trick me into doing something that he knows I'm, I'm not going to like and what have you? Is this, what is this that's going on in me? And, and when I begin to wash those feet and tears begin to flow and I begin to sense really holy, the presence of Holy Spirit in the moment, there was not a single moment from the time I touched the first foot to the time I touched the last foot where I thought, I wish I hadn't have done this. And I can also tell you from the time I touched the first foot to the time I touched the last foot, there wasn't a single, not one single, I couldn't tell anybody in this room what your feet looked like. 
Because the compassion, the sympathy, and the generosity begin to flow out. Because the humanity that he came with begin to show up. And as I begin to wash the feet, I, be, I didn't see feet. I saw ministry. I didn't see toenails, and I didn't see cracks in the heels. I didn't see any of that. Those are all the things that I was dreading. I don't want bad stuff. But I didn't see any of that. From the first foot to the last foot, I saw ministry. And I didn't just see ministry to the person whose feet were being washed. I saw ministry to Steve Parker. I saw how Holy Spirit was ministering to me and showing me, Steve, I've demonstrated to you. You, you take that scripture and you look at that and you think, wow, that was really good for in, the, in the book of John. But in the book of Steve, you know, we're going to do this differently. And the father said, no. I'm going to show you humanity. I'm going to show you what generosity and sympathy. I'm going to show you what this compassion looks like. And you're not going to remember what you're doing. You're, you're going to always remember why you did it. I spoke to you and I spoke to them. And you were able to minister in such a way that the heart of God was revealed. So can I be of Christ? Let me ask this question again. Can I be of Christ when, when I doubt Christ? In, the, in this previous scripture, Christ was acknowledged, or, uh, John was acknowledging that they knew him as the Christ or Christ actually was, acknowledging that they knew him as the Christ, but they had not yet entered into the fullness of a Christ relationship. Jesus said, he said, you call me teacher and Lord. These things are right, but you are still learning how to receive my fullness. This is why he came to show us how to wash some feet. He said, you see me as Jesus, you see me as Lord, but you still don't really know my fullness. So you aren't complete. You need to hear what I'm telling you right now. Because I'm about to make two statements that I hope is going to set some people free. Again, when I go back to those feet and I started washing the first one to the washing the second one, I, I no longer question, is this of God? All of a sudden, I knew this was Holy Spirit. This was no doubt Holy Spirit. All doubt was removed. But it was not removed until I entered into the fullness of what He had asked me to do. I had to enter into that and I had to, by faith, I had to exercise some faith. Because up until the time that hand touched that first foot my heart was racing my mind was fluttering I was trying to focus but I was lost in what was going on until I touched that first foot and suddenly the fullness of Christ began to reveal itself and man you you showed how to do this and why we do this this isn't about the foot and when I got it it changed everything about how I positioned myself each foot following. But Jesus said, you call me and teacher and Lord, which is right, but you are still learning how to receive my fullness. I want to say something to those of you today that are trying to figure out, I, you know, I don't know if I want to wash any feet because I'm not sure that I really even believe in all of this stuff. I want to tell you something. Receiving Christ does not remove all the questions about Christ. You need to hear, hear what I'm telling you right now. Hear me. Receiving Christ does not remove all the questions about Christ, nor are we suddenly transformed into perfect followers of Christ. When we receive him and when we say, I repent, forgive me, and he comes and he changes our life, we aren't suddenly transformed into this perfect follower of Christ. And it's demonstrated right here in John when he's teaching them about washing feet. He said, you know me, but you're not yet perfected in me. 
So don't get upset with yourselves because you don't understand why I'm still washing feet. Just know, do what I'm doing until revelation comes of why I'm doing it. We do not first understand Christ. This is true of all of us. None of us understood Christ and then came to Him. Okay, now, now I understand. Now will you forgive me? None of us, not one of us, understood Him and then came to Him. But we came to Him in the beginning of our understanding of Him. Our relationship with Him was the beginning of our understanding. When we came to Him and we said, Father, I receive you, I repent, I receive Christ as the Lord and Savior of my life, the Son of God, I receive Him. Change me. Understanding now begins. I want to say to some of you listening to me today, you might be sitting in your chair, you might be watching online, you might be wondering, where in the world? I'm not even sure I am. I have a good relationship with Him because I believe He's the Christ. I've accepted that He's the Christ, but I'm still struggling with some things. Welcome to the club. And anybody that ever says to you, I know him fully, I've got him all figured out, and everything is perfect every single day, run from them. He came to teach us how to wash feet, and in doing so, he said, I want you to do as I'm doing because you, don't, you have not yet entered into the fullness. You know me as Lord, you know me as teacher, but you do not yet know me as mankind too. You have not experienced the fullness of my compassion, the fullness of my sympathy, the fullness of my generosity yet, but you will. See, in our mind, in my mind, Adam didn't wash feet. <laughs> there was a lot of Adam in me. Adam doesn't do feet. But Christ showed us how to wash some feet because we do not know how on our own. He came to teach us how to, and when I use wash some feet, I'm talking, I'm, that covers a lot of territory. I'm using that example, but it covers everything related to the nature of Christ. Secondly, he taught us how to be selfless. In Romans chapter 15, beginning with verse 1, it says this, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. Man, he taught us this. And not to please ourselves, let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. We who are strong, everybody say, have an obligation. obligation. Now everybody say it, have an obligation. obligation. No way. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. Let's just ponder that for a moment. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of those who are not as strong as we are. He came with humanity. He came to show us How no matter how frustrated he was, when he turned over the money tables in the temple, he would have redeemed every single one of them had they repented. He turned them over in anger, but it did not remove his compassion, sympathy, or generosity. 
They violated the temple. But their violation did not change the fact he was still generous, sympathetic, and compassionate. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves, lest each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Selfishness is the antithesis of selflessness. Selfishness is the enemy of selflessness. See, one of the things as Christ came with humanity, He showed us, He showed us that it's possible for Him to be God and to also relate to us as a human. He said, yes, I am God. But guess what? A man too. And I'm going to show you in the man part of me. I'm going to demonstrate to you that the man part of me, that part that's going to go to a cross, that part that's going to feel the pain, that part that's going to wear a crown, that part that's going to get stabbed in the side, that part that's going to be whipped on the back, that part that's going to have my beard pulled out, that part that's going to be mocked while I'm walking up the Via Dolorosa, that part. I want to show you that that part can identify with where you are today. I want to show you that that part can actually be selfless and not selfish. I want to demonstrate to you the reason I didn't come as Christ only and not man applied is because if I had come only as Christ and said to you, Tim, you can be selfless. You don't have to be selfish. You would have never listened. But coming to you as a man wrapped around the Spirit of God. Coming to you as a man, I could say to you, watch. I'm going to show you. I'm going to demonstrate again as in the washing of feet. I'm going to demonstrate in the same way. I'm going to demonstrate it. Follow me. Selfishness is not humanity. Selfishness is the enemy of humanity. Selfishness is the enemy of fulfilling purpose. Mm. Isaiah said Christ was wounded for our transgressions. You can fill that in if you're following along. And he was bruised for our iniquities. Is there anything more selfless than this? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He showed us how to see others first and how rewarding that that really is. He showed us not to seek to be served, but seek to serve and to ask this question as we move through our life. What can I do for you rather than always looking to find a way to ask what can you do for me? He taught us. He came with humanity to teach us how to be selfless. And he taught us how to be holy when we're a people made from dirt. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, Romans is, an, is a powerful, powerful book of the Bible 
As you dive into this, I can't get into it a lot, but these things I'm about to read in just a moment and share in just a moment, if you want to know more, just read Romans. Just read all of it. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin are death. Everybody say, the wages of sin is death. Dead. We get that, right? Death is dead. There's no living. For the wages of sin, it is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So let me say this. If You've heard me say it before. I'm going to say it again. If we are all sinners, like so many believe, if we are all sinners, then we are dead already. God's gift to us, though, is eternal life because He exchanges our sin for his righteousness why does this matter because when he came he came to show us how to be holy while being wrapped in dirt he was holy he wasn't wrapped in dirt like you and me but when the father sent him he said i'm going to wrap you in dirt so that you can identify with those people that are wrapped in dirt down there on that planet so i'm going to wrap you in dirt now let me say something as I said earlier I'm going to challenge the argument that people say we're all born sinners I've never believed that I don't believe that and I think it's a lie against the truth I don't believe we are born sinners I believe we are born sons and daughters of God and we learn to be sinners and I'm going to tell you why I know that why I believe in fact you'll you will not find a definitive scripture in the Bible that says we were born sinners not one not a single one it sounds good it justifies some of our early behavior but I can tell you I do not serve a God that would say to a little child that passed, sorry about your luck. I do not believe it, not one second. And there's another reason I don't believe it. I don't believe it because when, if it were true, when the Father sent Christ into the earth to identify with mankind to be both God and man, we agree with that, right? We'll find that all through Scripture. He sent Him to be both God and man, right? And when He sent Him, Christ was born. Was He not born? Did He not come from the womb of a woman? Christ was born. And if we're all born sinners, Christ was not born a sinner. And if he was the great, I am the great example, I'm Lord and teacher and I'm an example, if he's that, Christ was not born a sinner. And neither were you born a sinner. And neither were you born a sinner that are watching online today. And I want to set that straight today because what he did when he came, he demonstrated to us, I'm going to show you what happens. I come, I'm going to be born just like you are born. And in that walk of life, throughout my time of growing up, I'm going to show you how to be holy while being made by dirt, being wrapped up in dirt. I'm going to show you how to do that, and I'm going to show you there's a way through that. Now there comes a time when every child begins to grow and simple immaturity turns into absolute disobedience. I, I don't want to get into this a lot right now. But it is disobedience that is sin. Not immaturity. So when we come to Him and, and we look to Him and He says, I'm coming to show you what it is to be man. And I'm showing you that what man can do with God in them. 
Christ did not come testifying of sin and death and hopelessness. He came testifying of righteousness, life, and purpose. He shows us how to accept righteousness over sinfulness. He shows us, son, when I redeem you, I'm coming to you as the son of God wrapped in flesh. This is true. And I want to show you that this flesh that I'm wrapped in, if it wasn't completely human, he would not have been able to be tested by the enemy. He would not have had to learn how to be a carpenter. He would not have had the opportunity to be found in the temple when he should have been walking with his mother and father. But because he was all human, wrapped around all God, he came to demonstrate to you and me, there is a time that will come when disobedience will position itself in you, and you will need to repent and allow me to come and redeem that. But my passion for you, I've come to show you how to be holy when made from dirt. I came to show you that yes, you can be righteous. I think one of the biggest problems in the church world today, one of the miss, missed moments, missed opportunities in the church world today is this idea because they get this, they take this scripture and they completely get it turned around. There are none righteous, no, not one. He wasn't talking about indefinitely. He was talking about a particular situation, a particular moment in time right now. I can't find a righteous one among you, not even one. But he wasn't talking about perpetuity. He wasn't talking about forever. He wasn't talking about a perpetual time and space. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yes, we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But we don't remain sinners. And what he's showing us is there is a way through that. Come to the place where though you might have dirt wrapped around the Spirit of God, that dirt doesn't have to remain a sinner. At some point you can rise up and say, I'm no longer a sinner, but instead I'm a son. I'm a son. He came to show us that in our human form, we need to get over this mentality, Chris. We need to get over this mentality in our head. I'm just a shameful person. I just want to make it. I just hope it's all good. I was listening to, again, a song on the radio the other day, and I had to turn it off and go to country music because I was listening to this song. And all it was talking about was how weary they are. I'm just on this planet and I'm weary and it's, you know, and it's a popular artist and he's talking about how weary it is and he's biding his time and all we got to do is just hold out until Jesus comes. And I'm thinking, man, you sad sap. You're, are you even saved? And I had to get on to some Clint Black. Why? Because the church has this mentality that we're all sinners, we're all unrighteous, we have no hope, and then they tell us the other side of that, but God saved you. I'm sorry that He saved you and you're still pathetic. What a bummer. God saved you and you're still a rascal. God saved you and you're still a sinner. God saved you and you still have no righteousness in you. You are a messy slab. Yeah. 
Christ came to show us a different picture. You know what he came to show us, Ryan? He came to show us. Let me show you what it really looks like. I'm going to come in there, and I'm going to come as God, but I'm going to get wrapped up in, in dirt just like you. And I'm going to show you that when I'm on the mountain, I can resist the enemy, and he will go. And I'm going to show you, do, I'm going to show you that so that when you're on the mountain, you can resist the enemy, and he'll flee too. I'm going to show you that when I'm in the wilderness and when I'm at the river or I'm at the sea of Galilee and people are trying to crown me and position me and tell me who I am and who I'm not, I want to show you that I can resist that and I can always accept and I can look back to my father and say, I'm listening to who you say I am. Every time we ever get to the place, and I'm wrapping this up because I want to clarify some things. Every time we ever get to the place, and I've said this a few times over the last few weeks, and it's because it's important. Every time we ever get to the place where we're saying to ourselves, I'm a sinner, you better repent fast. Because you have never repented and remained a sinner. And you've never repented and remained unrighteous. It's never happened. Now, you might get back into unrighteousness. You might get back into sin because that's disobedience. But Christ came with humanity, and he came to say this. He came to show us. I want you to be aware. And he's saying that to every single person under the sound of my voice. He wants you to be aware today. You're not a rascal. You were never accounted to that. You were accounted to compassion, sympathy, generosity. You were accounted to righteousness. You were accounted not to the first Adam nature, but you were accounted to the second Adam nature. The first Adam failed. The second Adam did not. And when he came, he demonstrated to us, the second Adam being Christ, when he came, he demonstrated to us, I want to show you some things. I want to show you who you really are, and I want you to clear your mind of what you really aren't. If you can get your mind clear of who you really aren't, then you're giving me something to work with. If I believe all the time, get up every day, and I convince myself every day I'm, I'm just a sinner, just like we hear people say, we hear preachers are saying it all over today. You all are just sinners. It should be the biggest altar call in the world. Y'all are just sinners. But I've been saved by grace. I've been saved. And he's changed my disposition. He's changed who I am. And he's changing my mind. He's reframing my nature. And I'm taking on the nature of Christ. Christ said, I came with these things. Because I wanted to show you that even while being man, human, even in humanity, even in the form of humanity, every single one of you, in the middle of all of that humanity, God exists. God is there, ready to do his work for those who will say, Holy Spirit, help me. Father, heal me. Father, straighten out my ways. Father, help me see. It's not hard, it's not difficult, it's not a struggle, it's simply saying, God, help me. Save.